Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Daphne. And I'm Ilaria. And today we're talking to Dr. Lori Watley. She's a clinical psychologist that specializes in the effects of digital device usage on both individuals and businesses. And this is something that, you know, I know Daphne and I have been talking a lot about and I've put some on my Instagram as well of just how are we supposed to find the balance? You know, how are we supposed to work remotely and not demonstrate to our children all the time that we should be on our phones and our computers and any other device that you might use? How are we supposed to teach our kids balance with devices when our kids are having to do their homework on iPads and computers and other devices. And so I'm really excited to um, to talk to Dr. Watley about her different ideas, her recommendations, um, and and just the the effects on on this and how we can make it through quarantine while finding balance with technology. All right, guys, here's Dr. Lori Watley. This is a fact. My name is uh, Lori Watley, and I'm a um, psychologist who specializes in the effects of digital device usage on both individuals and on businesses. I have just published my second book, which came out in February, um, Connected and Engaged. And that is a book about how to manage digital distractions and reconnect with the world around us. I am a mom. My children are grown now. I have two children, and they're grown. And um, so I'm an empty nester and enjoying um, sheltering in place with my dog and and my husband right now. Sounds perfect. Where can we follow you? I have a website, uh, drlauriewatley.com. And uh, there's a lot of interesting information on there and the the assessments um, which are on there, which are free. And uh, you can learn more about my book on there, learn more about uh, what I do and um, contact me if you have questions. I'm super excited to talk to you because not only have we been having struggles with screen time in our house since since quarantine started, but I know that every other person, all my other parent friends are also saying exactly the same thing. And I feel like my non-parent friends too, I feel like a lot of people are just watching so much more TV um, and on the phone so much more than we used to be. Um, and I, I'm hoping that we can sort of pick apart and find balance and tricks and especially for the kids. I mean, I know my kids are having lots of meltdowns. I, we have iPads and I hide the iPads in our normal life for like weeks on end. They do not watch them. They do not know where they are. When I used to have them out charging in a certain place and it was always a fight because they could see them. Now I literally, they're away, they're off, they don't see them. And now we need to use them for school. Every single day, we take them out. The first right. thing in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, I start with them because I have um, Daphne and I each have four kids, um, wow. and three of mine are getting homeschooled right now. My my one year old isn't, and um, and it's uh, it's it's challenging, and it's challenging to explain to them when I'm forcing them to like learn certain things on the iPad, and then other times I'm like, no, 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 no iPad, we can't watch iPad, and so there's been tons and tons of meltdowns. Um, and I don't know what your, if you have any words of wisdom. Well, I think that you said exactly, um, the perfect word when you said balance. And 
I think with the kids, we must have balance and helping them learn balance early in life is very important because, you know, we all have it in our lives and we realize how important it is for us to balance things in our lives. Um, and a lot of times the kids, if they age appropriately, you know, if you're able to help them understand what you're doing and why you're going to do it and maybe even tell them ahead of time so they they can mentally prepare because they're like us you know springing something on them takes them aback so giving them an opportunity to um, know what's going to happen and process that a little bit but also helping them think that you know this is this is an opportunity for you all to connect in different ways. Um, we're all learning how to connect in different ways in our families right now and in our homes. And helping them have in-person connection and learn how to do that is a, is a, to me, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about your expertise and, and because it was, I'm sure it feels different when you went into this field than it does in the current environment. So I'd love for them just to understand the background a little bit. So I um, have a private practice in Atlanta as a therapist, and I did my doctoral um, studies around managing digital distractions. And the reason that I did that was because more and more in my office, I digital distractions came up in, in sessions in one way or another. And parents would bring their kids in. Maybe the kids weren't doing well in school and they didn't understand why and I realized I'm gonna need to know more about this topic as as time passes because this is becoming very prevalent in in my practice people are bringing in more and more problems that have to do with digital device usage so as I asked these teenagers questions about their habits they would say oh well yeah I am on my phone all night or you know on my iPad all night and parents had absolutely no idea that this was going on and so they didn't understand their kids were you know experiencing sleep deprivation which of course affects your grades affects your the way that you feel the next day at school uh, also I was you know having couples come in and they were going out together on a weekly date or whatnot um, maybe one of them was on the phone a lot and and it just kept coming up and so I realized I need to know more about this and so as I began my research I learned such vital information about the way that technology affects us and uh, certainly have made positive changes in my own life because of it. Now, I must say technology is a wonderful thing and um, I enjoy technology, so I'm not like a, you know, technology basher, but it can certainly make our lives easier. I'm able to practice with people all over the world and have clients all over the world because of my technology and access to it. But I, I think that I have a respect for technology and I balance it. What are some of the things that you, that you have learned and some of the changes that you've made in your personal life? Well, the first thing I do in the morning is um, I used to look at my uh, phone or look at my laptop and, um, you know, you open that up and immediately there's something bad that you see that begins your day maybe in a negative way. So I began uh, putting that away for the first hour of the day. Uh, no, no digital distractions for me. The first hour of the day is just a peaceful hour. Maybe practice mindfulness or have a cup of tea or go for a 
quiet walk or sit on outside on my patio or whatnot and just start my day in a calm way. And certainly um, as a parent, my kids are grown now, but when I was parenting, it was very important that I begin my day in a calm way because certainly we all know as parents that as soon as the kids start waking up, things might become a little bit chaotic, right? Around your house, we had a, a large family and um, so we experienced that and, and it was just best for me to be in that calm, stable place um, as the day began. And then another another thing that I did as a parent was when I would pick up my kids in carpool, um, I made a point to not ever be on my phone. It, mainly my kids said, hey, mom, put your phone down. Don't text when you're with us or whatever. And, and you know, we had to listen to them. And I realized now I tell them, hey, put your phone down when you're with me. <laughs> but um, so the things, you know, the tables have flipped a little bit here. But I realized that also I, um, at, in the evenings, I ended my day uh, in, in a quiet, peaceful way with no screens. Given that so much of our lives, if, you know, if you're trying to continue to work from home, certainly, you know, doing the distance learning with the kids, like is so technologically necessary to be on those devices. What's the detox? Like, what do you, what are we supposed to do? Cause Alari and I were, were commiserating that, um, you know, our kids spend the first couple hours of their, right from when they wake up. I mean, like an hour after they wake up for three hours, they're on screens with, with limited breaks in between. Right. And it makes the rest of the afternoon kind of a fight because they want, they're craving that stimulation again. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what do you recommend or what, what have you seen to be helpful in the, in detoxing after that necessary technological interaction? Okay. Well, you, you used a, an important word there and that was stimulation because when we are online, our brains do become stimulated. It literally affects our brains. Um, and so there is a reason that we're drawn back into that technology and imagine, um, children, their brains are developing into their twenties. Uh, the first eight years of their lives, they're especially developing. So we want to be very mindful about, um, how, we are inspiring those brains to develop. So keep in mind that most of the, the apps and whatnot, they're designed by people who know how to keep us coming back and know how to make us want to stay on because the longer we stay on, the, the more money they make because it is a business for them. You'll hear many of these people who, who um, develop the apps, they say that their children don't use them or their mm -hmm. children don't, you know, they don't allow their children to use technology until they're grown or whatnot. And I think that speaks volumes and we need to, we need to wonder why and, and understand that, um, you know, even in their schools in Silicon Valley, they, they don't have technology. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've actually found, I don't know if other parents are, have done the same thing as I was trying to figure out this whole homeschool thing. You know, the quarantine started, my kids were on school break for two weeks, but I was like, all right, we have to have activities. We have to continue to learn. They don't really understand that they were on school break because my oldest is six. And so I was like, I'm going to homeschool you every day my way. At the beginning, it was all pen and paper, and I have tons of little workbooks, and I have a whole station and stuff like that. I'm super type A personality, so I have everything all scheduled. But then I started feeling like, you know what? I'll let them use do some of the learning apps as well. So I downloaded a bunch, and then other ones pop up, and you're like, that looks so interesting. They'll learn this one teaches yes. them math. Then this yes. one's history. Social studies. Never thought about social studies for a three-year-old, but that sounds good. 
And then you start subscribing, subscribing to things. And now I'm like, I have to unsubscribe to all these things because we're not using any of them. But you are right that it is definitely a business. So are you saying in terms of creating these boundaries with the kids, is it basically giving them an awareness, a schedule? Daphne, you always talk about that you have a schedule in your house and you and they move, they have like a little arrow and they move around what they're doing. Yeah, it's a visuals, visuals calendar, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like That's a really right. great idea and it's something that mm-hmm. I, might, I might start implementing at home because, I mean, I, at this point, I've just been from morning till the kids go to bed. It's like a marathon. I am running from here to there. That one has to poop. I have to wipe that Mm -hmm. one's butt. Now this one's over here. And then this one's jumping out, you know, off of something they shouldn't. I mean, it's like, it's absolutely mind boggling. And I do start doing what other people do, which is like, here's an iPad. Mm -hmm. I need to sit down for a minute. And I have a a lot of compassion for uh, other people that are doing that. And even for myself and being like, I just need to sit down for a second. Right. But little by little, as this quarantine life is becoming more reality, I'm starting to, you know, find a rhythm of the family and being able to come up for air and have it kind of, you know, make sense, make sense for all of these kinds of things. At night, do you have a certain thing that you do with technology? Like, do you stop using technology at a certain time? I do, yes. And I do during the day, too. So I will see three clients, and then I will go take a walk, and then I will see three more clients or do a podcast or whatnot uh, that I have scheduled, and then um, I will go for a bike ride, and I see three more clients, and then I turn my technology off. As I said, you know, it stimulates our brain. It interrupts our sleep patterns. At night when we sleep is when our brain heals from the anxiety of the day. And let's face it, you two are busy. I mean, y'all have y'all have a large family. So you probably have a little bit of anxiety, consciously or unconsciously. Just being a mom it causes, you know, there is some anxiety with that. And and so you need your sleep. You need your time for your brain to return to a peaceful state. And turning your technology off for an hour or two even before bedtime can help that happen so it doesn't interrupt that REM sleep that you definitely need. Also, the blue light um, affects the the production of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone in in our bodies. So uh, that's one way that we can be chemically affected. So definitely, I would turn it off for an hour or two before bed. What about um, for parents who are working from home? I mean, I love the idea of not using the phone when the kids are around, but it's it's hard now. It's now it's hard. I mean, the phone, the computer, everything. It's yes. like not, mommy and daddy have to work. Yes. Um, you know, right now, in order to have this meeting, I've got my two little ones napping, and I gave the iPad to my two bigger ones who don't nap, so that I can have a meeting here. And, right. you know, once the meeting is done, I'll go and I'll take them away and I explain to them before because we, I didn't have a meeting yesterday. So that was like a big meltdown of like, well, you worked the day before and I got to watch iPad in the middle of the day and now I can't. But right. now I explain to them, this is something we're doing today because mommy has to work, mm-hmm. you know, but it is, it is hard. Do you have any advice on how to speak to our children about, you know, how they're seeing us use technology more? That's a very good point. Modeling is everything for our children. There will come a time as the kids progress and, and develop that they will be more interested in watching what you're doing and emulating that behavior. And so that, you know, makes them really pay attention. Also, another good point was was the, the calendar that you mentioned. 
that's a visual that helps them see if you can say okay we'll see where we are on the calendar right now and tomorrow that is your tech time um, so there will be time tomorrow for tech so they're able to see that it's going to happen again and I want to say this is a good opportunity to do things um, there are many ways to teach our children and um, we can teach them many different things that are important to them and being helping them be successful in the world, not just book knowledge, but also hands-on knowledge, how to make things, how to cook in the kitchen, how to fold clothes, how to, the things that they're going to need to know when they are out in the real world. So this is kind of an opportunity for you to introduce some of those things to them and them know like in the afternoon is that sort of learning as opposed to technology. I wanna ask a question that I think is like maybe the dreaded question that no parent wants to ask, but because you are the expert, I, I feel the need to. Is there a limit on how much time kids can be spending looking at a screen during the day before it becomes before the downside is that it's more detrimental than, than positive. What does that limit look like for you? And, and what do you recommend in light of how much time we're all being obligated to spend in front of screens right now? That's a great question. And actually, I don't dread that question at all. I think it's a very smart question that we all need to be asking right now. Um, I answer that question by saying, as parents, you know your children better than I know your children. And you know that each of your children are very different. I think you could tell that. And um, I have a mom I was talking to the other day. She had six children and she was talking about how the usage is very different. You know, <laughs> oh, <wow. That's> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and she said, like, it's just it's just I have to parent them so differently. And I so said, differently. you know, you really do. Mm -hmm. You really do have to parent them differently. Some children max out real, really quickly. So what I want to say is for you to watch your children. I, I don't want to give you a definite number, but I want you to watch them. I can always tell when I go into a school to work with staff there and with the students, when I go into a school to help them with interventions on too much technology or, or getting that balance just right, I can tell uh, by going in the lunchroom during the day and sitting down with the students, which students are, are using technology too much. And one of the really? ways I can tell, um, well, there, there's anxiety. I can, I can see anxiety because it is anxiety producing. Um, also, they aren't able to engage as much as other kids. Um, and they don't make eye contact. I noticed that right off. To me, that's a recipe for, for later disaster because we can be book smart and we can be very savvy with technology, but if we cannot connect with other people, then we're not going to be able to go too very far. We, we are wired for connection and we crave it as humans. And right now, what we're all experiencing after being isolated from other humans somewhat is we're missing that connection. I've noticed in my clients, Zoom and Skype is great, but it's not enough. We want to have those in-person hugs, um, eye contact. So watch your children. Watch for signs that they're not sleeping. Watch for hyperactivity because some of the things that they are um, watching or doing online certainly raises their activity level. Mm -hmm. I think you'll notice. Mm -hmm. um, and when we take it away and it really is a meltdown, that's probably a sign that we're becoming a little bit too attached.
this is all very interesting and it's very difficult right now. I mean, I'm watching my kids have playdates on FaceTime now. It's hard because I think of that as screen time, but at the same time, you know, they crave their interaction with their right. friends, you know, yes. and they'll say, I just yes. want to give my friend a hug. I just want to go to that person's house. Can I go one of the, can I go quarantine at that person's house and leave all of you guys? I was like, no, <laughs> I promise you, you'll miss us. Um, but we are, we are in very tricky times where technology is keeping us more together as usually we think about it is keeping us more apart and not being present for those uh, those who are around us but it'll be interesting uh, once we all come out of this because we will come out of this once we all come yes. out of this it'll be interesting to see what our relationship with technology is like will we, will we be fed up with it I really do think that we're going to see that that is that would be my prediction based on what I'm seeing you know my book connected and, and engaged came out February so I didn't have much time until now, right? Until we, we became um, sheltering in place. And I have seen people, as, as it's progressed, now people are saying, by the end of the day, I feel so bad. I'm, I'm working online all day and I feel so bad. Can you help me with that? Why do I feel so exhausted? You know, they say I'm just sitting in front of the computer. Why is that so exhausting? Well, it is exhausting. First of all, our bodies are meant to move. And um, when we are sitting here with the blue light all day, we have the headaches and we are exhausted. But um, there is a chemical element of that in our brains. But we get a hit of dopamine when we are, and it's, you know, when we're literally addicted and it's no different than any other substance. If I'm addicted to chocolate or if I'm addicted to alcohol or some sort of substance or shopping or golf or work, it feels good when I do it and that brings me back to it. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we want to log on. Can I ask you another question going a little uh, deeper on that one? Sure. In your mind, do you see there being an addictive quality or an element of the technology interaction that's different between boys and girls, especially young? Like our kids, like I said, are under six, but you know, call it 10 and 10 and down, because I think there's been a lot of devotion to the conversation of you know, between Minecraft and everything else, teenage yes. boys, teenage yes. boys gaming, like yes. our kids are pretty well before that, I think. Right. Um, and I'm curious if you see any differentiation across the genders. I would say, and I did a, a story with a Wall Street Journal writer a, a while back, and we talked about gaming in particular, and uh, that led me to do, uh, to pull up a lot of research on it. And in fact, yes, boys are more attracted to the gaming element of being online. So you're exactly right about that. And the number was much, it was vast. It was surprising. Um, mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought about that so much, but then I thought, well, I do see many more adolescent males in my office for gaming. The females that I see, um, and there has been a little bit of research on this, would be more social media minded. Um, if that makes sense. So males would be more gaming and probably females more social media. So what, what do you think is a way to counterbalance? Like you, you mentioned, you're looking for signs of anxiety, looking for signs of sleeplessness or a, you know, inability to connect. If you notice those things in your kids and you can't, you can't take away their technology entirely because right. they're you know, sort of in this, in this tough position right now. What, what do you recommend we do in the afternoons? Like what, what would be your perfect way to just reset the brain, reset the brain chemistry, reset those dopamine levels to, to more sort of human 
interaction right levels. <laughs> well that is that's a wonderful point reset is the key and so you use your brain differently in different parts of your brain depending on the activity you're engaging in mm -hmm. so yes you know if you can get outside take them outside let them run let them move their bodies let them climb trees let them you know interact with nature every chance you get um, if if you're inside the technology is put away and you might um, teach them how to make bread or um, play a board game. So they'll be using completely different parts of their brains and interacting in a completely different way. And this helps bring them down from, from the stressors of being online so much. I've heard that you do a, um, a technology assessment for, for patients. Um, what does that consist of? Right. So I have one and it is actually free. It's on my website. So sometimes I go into businesses where they know that there's too much online activity or social media during work hours because we lose like $90 billion a year due to our employees being on online so much. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so on my website, drlauriwatley.com, the, the two assessments are there, one for business, one for individuals. They're very short, 10 questions, and you can score them. And then, um, you know, it gives you a pretty good idea of where you are. And I'll tell you a neat way that I did this, too, as I decided I need to find out maybe I am too addicted to my smartphone. So I decided one day that I was going to leave it at home when I ran errands. And I was only going to be gone for an hour, and I was absolutely lost without it. I felt naked. I did. I felt, you know, the, the phantom vibrations from when you have it and you're, you can feel it in your purse, you know, and mm -hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable. I was on edge and that was a way for me to know that I was using it way too much. Also, since I've put it away at night um, for two hours before I go to bed and more most of the time, I sleep so much better. Where do you put it when you put it away? I put my phone in another room and um, it took me a while to get to that point, but I do put my phone in a completely different room charging, turned off. I don't hear it. Um, all my kids are grown. We know that from research that just having the phone close by can cause anxiety and keep you from sleeping. Do, do you have a landline? I don't have a landline in any of my homes. I've gotten rid of it. My husband and I have a, have a big age difference. And so I come from the the generation of no landlines and and he is very into having a landline oh i have a landline i'm very into my landline i think it's absolutely you know critical. he's like you want to sit down and have a civilized conversation on a landline phone he always says that and we have them all over but it actually has helped me feel comfortable of not having my phone near me given right. though all yes. my children are under my roof you know my family's right. in another country and like you think like there's an emergency yes. in the middle of the night and which is like never yes. ever probably fingers crossed gonna happen it, but like having a landline phone as much as I was like rolling my eyes and like I don't we don't use it we also have like the 90s one with like the multiple lines and like it's yeah. just it's so like it's like a whole like office panel of phones around um anyway they um it actually has been nice to have that because you just feel a little bit better about disconnecting that like the people who have that number if it's an emergency 
then you can call. Other than that, I'm going to completely disconnect. Yes. I don't know. I think your defenses are down at night. I think you're more mm-hmm. able to fall into the rabbit hole and just like find yourself watching, you know, 30 minutes of TikTok that you would never mm-hmm. actually do if you had your wits about you and it was daytime and you weren't, you know, lying in bed. And it's, I just, I think that I've noticed such a difference for myself. And as you said, like having it out of the room, not having the blue light flash up every time something happens on your phone, mm-hmm. not having the temptation of it. And also it, it forces you to take the steps necessary to get yourself into a relaxing headspace. I'm someone who really likes to listen to something as I'm falling asleep. I have since mm-hmm. I was a kid, it helps me like mm-hmm. zone out and relax. Mm-hmm. But in, an, in a true effort to really take advantage of some of the silver linings here and the fact that like in all, my kids obviously live with us. Like I'm not, I'm not urgently called away to do anything else. Like I can take advantage of trying to retrain my brain mm-hmm. and, and give myself the gift of those 30 minutes as I'm about to fall asleep where I, you know, play relaxing music, light a candle, read a book or, or do my journaling or, or take a hot shower or a bath, like do something where you, you do the things that are very human. It's a very human moment of self-care and connection with your spouse. Like, you know, there's time mm-hmm. for something that you that you completely unwittingly remove from your life when you're married to your phone the way that we all are because we think we have to be. We think we're, we think we're bad employees or bad friends or bad whatever if we're not constantly available. Um, right. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an, a ripe opportunity to try to adopt some of your great strategies while we're all at home right now. Absolutely. And I want you to think about putting these devices away as as a gift of connection. You get to connect with your children, with your spouse, um, and with your friend if you're at lunch. You get to connect with them in a way that you can't do in the presence of your digital devices. And those connections are really important. And we're realizing that now, how important our connections are, because we're realizing FaceTime isn't enough. Yeah. Other than, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about sort of the psychological um, issues that that come up and the addiction with with the phone. What about other sort of health things that people that people chat about? I know that people sometimes link uh, cancer with using the phones or, you know, um, uh, early puberty. I mean, I've heard I've heard so many different um, very scary stories. Are there, are there, is there any of that that you believe has any merit or we just don't know enough yet? Well, we know that anxiety and uh, stress are, are very bad for our bodies. And yes, over a period of time can cause illnesses, right? Um, serious illnesses. So um, if you look at it in that progression, then you would say, yes, definitely it affects your health. Um, any Anything that you do that causes you to be anxious even unconsciously, you know, I think now that when we know better, we can do better. So now that you realize that, hey, maybe I'm feeling a little anxiety because of too much technology, let me put it away and see if I notice that I feel more peaceful um, and feel calmer. I mean, there's no gift like feeling peaceful and calm inside. Um, So definitely, yes, I think that we can say the disconnect that we feel 
when we are too connected to our digital devices, the human disconnect, that's not healthy for us either. So um, too much stimulation from the phone for some people, for some personality types can cause, probably cause your blood pressure to go up. You know, all of the things that happen when you become stressed and worried and excited, if your phone's constantly pinging, you know, or ringing, then that's going to raise your you know, your anxiety, which raises your blood pressure and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's a great question. Interesting. Well, um, did, were you prepared for uh, the favorite thing? I was. I am I'm definitely prepared for that. So I will have to say to you that my favorite thing, you know, as we are um, isolated and sheltering in, we are, you know, spending the day sometimes not putting on makeup or, or in our pajamas or, or whatever. But there's one thing that I've realized that I absolutely cannot go without, and that's my lipstick. So um, my neighbor came by one morning and I was drinking coffee on my front porch and in my pajamas, and, you know, hair's a mess. And she's like, you have on your lipstick. Like, I can tell, like, you're not ready for the day. Like, you just rolled out of bed, but you have on lipstick. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, like, wear my lipstick to bed. I've realized my lipstick is my best friend. I um, and, and my daughter told me um, last night that she just went to a funeral and that at the funeral, uh, they talked about how this grandmother, every time she saw her girls, would say, put your lipstick on. You need a little lipstick. And I thought, I guess that's going to be me because definitely it will be my lipstick. <laughs> Is there a particular brand or like a shade that is like really? You know, I really love Chanel lipstick. I'll have to tell you, that's like my um, indulgence. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank so you. This much. This was really great. Lots of good information. Yay! So that was Dr. Watley. You know, I really, I do think we came into this conversation conflicted. Like I think most parents are because you're living in this time where even the most technology savvy and, and distancing and um, dis- as in disconnecting and, and striving for balance among us are finding ourselves pulled in more and more and more to having to use technology throughout the day. And, and especially first thing in the morning, which I, you know, I know Laurie and I have chatted about this, where it's just, you, know, you start your day first thing in the morning with this big, for little kids, with this big burst of just attention to a screen and, and the very physical reactions that your body has to that exposure to the blue light, like, like Dr. Wally was talking about. And there has to be, we have to figure out, and we probably haven't yet, but we have to figure out what the balance is going to look like because in, undoubtedly they need this time to be with their classmates. They need this time to be with their teachers. They need this time to, to feel um, like like some part of their old life is still with them. And, you know, I, I certainly have experienced some of the negative downsides of that, especially in the afternoons when they're coming off of this crazy high and they're, and the addiction feels very, um, you know, if not real, it feels like certainly something about their attitude and something about their ability to manage their, their behavior and to deal with frustration has changed because they are so um, because they're just, they're, you know, they're expecting, they're expecting their device to be in front of them. And, um, and I don't want that for them all day, every day, obviously. Um, and I think, you know, Dr. Watley's ideas about how to detox after, you know, you, you know, how to, how to reset for your kids, I think is really important. Like, 
you know, we, I feel very lucky that we live somewhere where the kids can be outside quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all about doing a cleanse. And anytime I get on this path where I feel like I'm frustrated and disappointed with how we're doing things at home, um, what, what, let's just stick to technology, but maybe like just we're like, uh, there's too much technology and the kids are acting up and we feel, all feel funny and we're overwhelmed by the news and everything. It all comes down to like me sitting down, taking a deep breath and being like, all right, we need to do a cleanse. And, and it's hard. I mean, I sat on this bed that is behind me on the floor where Carmen has moved into my office with his little mattress with my son, Rafa, yesterday. And he cried and cried and cried because he was used to the day before that he got, because I was working, he got to watch iPad for an hour while I was working because that's the only way that I can keep him in one spot where I can come to work. And then he couldn't understand when I didn't work yesterday midday why that was not okay. And mm. I just sat with him and it was rough. And my husband said to me at one point, he's like, can you just give it to him? And I was like, not after it's been 36 minutes of this. No way. I'm not going to write right. it out. And it was hard. And I stayed with my messaging. But then eventually I just hugged him and I didn't shame him and I didn't scream at him and I didn't threaten to take anything away. I just was there and I was like, I love you and I'm doing this because I love you and because this is what is right for you. Um, And we talked a lot about the different issues that come up and how we want to have more iPad because it's addictive and stuff like that. And I think he probably understood, you know, like 12% of it, but you know what, that is 12%. And I, and then I just did my own personal, like, you know, um, therapy of just talking to myself aloud, even though he wasn't registering any of it. But, you know, I find that, I mean, I think a lot of you guys can probably relate with, um, eating well or exercising, but it's really hard to start. It's hard to start eating well and changing your diet. It's hard to start exercising, showing up to, to a workout, whether that's home or in our regular life, you know, somewhere else. But, um, but once you do, you feel great. And what I found from our life before when I just had the iPads hidden away is it was hard because we weren't doing that before. I gave in. And I was like, all right, here you go. Okay, here you go. Okay, here you go. And once I took it away and was like, no, we just don't start that, it was amazing. So now we're in this interesting place where it's quarantine and we need to have technology for work and for school and for, and for connecting with other people that we love that we need to reach out to during this very difficult time. But we also need to be doing other things. So, I mean, I think that we need to give ourselves a break. Don't beat ourselves up. Um, be okay with cleaning that mess. Realizing, as I've said many other times, we have all the time in the world right now to clean up the mess. And and as Daphne says very wisely, why don't we just do it later? Why don't we clean it up <laughs> later? And now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. Guys, this week, my favorite thing is something really simple, but really good. It is Tanya Taylor's initiative. Um, Donate a mask. If you head to tanyataylor.com, you can actually select a donation quantity and category. So you can donate a mask for $3, five for 15, 50 for 150. And basically those, you know, I I know a lot of you have seen me wearing Tanya's dresses. Um, I think they're really beautiful and very feminine. And she is just an awesome mom and entrepreneur. And she took advantage of, of the fact that she has, you know, fabric scraps and, and remainders and is turning this beautiful, fun, vibrant, colorful, positive, 
visual of these beautiful fabrics that she would normally be turning into dresses and giving you the opportunity to donate a face mask. Um, so if you're looking for um, just a way to add a little color and a little happiness to all the people on the front lines, um, you know, these, these are locally sewn masks. They'll be sent to New York City and to Canada hospitals um, for use by the hospital staff, not in direct contact with the patients because they're obviously not medical grade masks, but, um, but they are just something... I, I hope like just a little something. I'm, I'm always looking for whatever it can, whatever it is that we can do to make these incredible heroes' lives a little bit better and, uh, and just to show our appreciation. So this was something I thought was kind of a fun initiative and wanted to tell you guys about. That's a really good one. Mine is, you know, I'm, I've been thinking more and more about self-care as things get more and more stressful. And, you know, from being a yoga instructor for so long and doing pampering, uh, for other people. I mean, I'd have people come into class and yes, it's a workout and it's a sweat and it's hard and has this moment, but in the very end, I'm teaching people to listen to their body and breathe and move in a way that is going to make them feel good. Um, and in the end I have everybody lay down in Shavasana. Um, and if I can, which I try to most of the time, I go around and I have an essential oil or an essential oil lotion on my hands and I'll, I, I tell them that I'm coming around first because they can't really hear me because it's just loud, like sort of this Shavasana soft music playing. Um, and I'll rub my hands together with it. I put it above their faces, their eyes are closed. And then I just press down on their shoulders and release them down to the, to the floor. Um, and it's amazing, you know, having taught as many people as I've had the um, luxury of doing over the years, you see how everybody pretty much reacts the same way, whereas they just take a deep breath and they exhale out and they people leave and you can see them floating and it looks so like nice. And do you ever have that idea of like, oh, I want to go to that experience so somebody can do that for me, but you really can do it in your home. So my, my favorite thing today is essential oils. And I love the ones from Aveda, although I have tons of different ones, but, um, I do have the Aveda ones. They have lavender, they have peppermint, they have vanilla, they have eucalyptus. Um, and even, and they last a really long time. You can mix them with different creams. You can just have them, you know, pure as they are. You can put them inside one of those little warming things. You can put it in a bath. Um, you can put it, you know, the eucalyptus when you're not feeling well and you put it in hot water and breathe in the steam. Um, but every night I've been working out and I've been, um, I've been doing yoga at the very end and I finish in Shavasana and to use an essential oil to like really just breathe it in for a second. It is allowing me to relax and sleep so much better and realizing that, um, I'm a yoga teacher and I can give that to other people, but I can also give it to myself. If you want little tip, if you have um, somebody that you're quarantining with, who's up for this, you lay down and have them do this where they just put it in their hands a little bit, have you smell it, and then they'll just push and open up your shoulders right from sort of the top of the chest and release your shoulders down to the ground. And like just a little bit of that goes so long and will release so much tension from your body. So that's my favorite thing. That's amazing. That's incredible. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, email us mombrainpod at gmail.com. Tell us all the things that you're experiencing now with mumming and quarantine. And any experts that are like giving you really great advice or that you are feeling inspired by or that you're feeling, um, you know, that are just thought provoking, like things that are making you get excited and that you're learning from. We'd love to, we obviously are learning with you. So we'd love to hear those ideas. All right, guys. Bye. Bye guys. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. 
Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.